Hello, you are listening to This Week in 1916 with Ray McGovern, following the rising as it happened, day by day. Resuming the story of the uh, Easter Rising, we're now on Tuesday, the second day of the rebellion, uh, early morning, 5.30 hours, Stevens Green under serious fire. Since 4 a.m., the green has been hosed with machine gun fire and rifle fire. The noise is deafening. Reports of numerous rebel casualties. Almost every window in the Shelburne Hotel is manned by the military. The machine gun has been firing almost non-stop from the fourth floor. 7.55. City Hall captured. Dublin Castle secured by the military. After a brief battle on the rooftop of City Hall has been cleared of citizen army. Many prisoners have been taken, but they're still fighting in the area. The rebel outpost across the road, evening mail office, is still firing across the street. 8.22, rebel forces have withdrawn from Stephen's Green into the Royal College of Surgeons on the west side of the Green, under heavy fire. Windows have been smashed in the college while rebel marksmen are firing from the rooftop. The facade of the college is stained with blood has been saturated with machine gun fire. 9.40. Two rebel outposts in Grantham Street have been captured by Royal Irish Rifles infantrymen who are now advancing towards the city centre. 10.30. Portobello Bridge is under sniper fire. It appears that rebel riflemen manning the huge towers of Jacob's Biscuit Factory have a clear line of sight to the bridge. Soldiers are directing civilians away. Stray bullets are raking the entire Portobello area from both rifle and machine gun. 11.15. Jacob's factories have become a sniper nest. The firing between here and Dublin Castle is now relentless. The rebels in the towers have a commanding view of the city at war. 11.20. British Army are pulling out of the South Dublin Union under fire from riflemen from the 4th Battalion Irish Volunteers. They have been unable to dislodge the insurgents. The troops look exhausted, having been in battle for 24 hours. 11.30, St. Patrick's Park is normally uh, a pleasant haven in the heart of the city. It's currently the scene of several sniper duels as the British Army uh, attempt to increase their pressure on the Jacobs Factory, which is now the Ar National Archives. 13.55 hours, the sniper fire in Sackville Street has not abated all day. Harsh cracks of varying pitches are almost incessant along the wide boulevard. The road is deserted, but occasionally feet clatter along its cobblestones as insurgents dispatch runners to the street outposts. Several bodies lie in the street, including the uh, dead horses. 14.10, shocking casualties at City Hall. Another terrible battle has erupted. Just moments ago, a platoon from the Royal Dublin Fusiliers suffered heavy casualties attempting to assault the evening mail office. They have come under devastating fire and were forced to retreat into the castle. A machine gun has just begun firing from the hall's rooftop at the, uh, at the mail position. 1420 shocking scenes at Moribund Lane. After an assault was made from several directions on rebel positions in Marable Lane, 
Several dead and wounded soldiers are lying in the roads and pavements. Dreadful wounds are being inflicted by rebel guns whose deep-sounding booms are at odds with the cracks of British Lee Enfields. The huge walls in the area make it impossible to detect the source of fire. To the west, several bodies line the nearby canal, but the sight of a dead cavalryman being dragged along the bumpy ground with his foot stuck in his horse's stirrup is truly ghastly. The assault failed. 1445, Jacob's Biscuit Factory appears to ready to withstand whatever the British Army can throw at them. All of its windows have been smashed and barricaded. Its fortress-like walls look impregnable. No doubt the reason for the building's selection as a volunteer battalion headquarters is that that's uh, such a powerful uh, defence. 1,500 hours, several attacks have been launched from Dublin Castle at the rebel position across the road. The rebels will not concede ground without exacting a heavy price. The air stinks with gunpowder and the street is littered with wounded. 1610, artillery fire on the streets of Dublin, North Circular Road has been uh, seen the use of 18 pounders to dislodge nearby rebels from the 1st Battalion as the Dublin Fusiliers strive to dislodge them from a barricade close to Charleville Road, Fibsborough. Windows in the area are being smashed to deafening thunderclaps and hailstorms of red-hot shrapnel. The rebels appear to be holding, but are under ferocious pressure. The rifle fire is intense. 7.25 hours, Broadstone Railway Station is under attack from 1st Battalion Irish Volunteers. The Dublin Fusiliers appear to be holding the position, having filtered in last night. Covering fire is being poured at the terminus from rebel positions in the south, uh, in North Brunswick Street. 1730, Broadstone. We move now to Stevens Green, which is a battlefield. Cracks of varying pitch ring out constantly alternating with the staccato of the Vickers machine gun in the Shelburne and the duller sounding tud 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 of British Lewis guns in the United Services Club. Uh, the Green's northern side near Dawson Street. 1950, dreadful scenes in Parliament Street, British infantry, infantry decimated. Uh, having secured the mail and express offices after a prolonged and vicious battle, the, the Dublin Fusiliers advanced into Parliament Street, unaware that the Exchange Hotel was occupied by the rebels. The ambush was merciless and lethal. 23 soldiers are lying in the road. Some were twisting on the ground, scrambling in agony, while others lie silent. Uh, rebels have now retreated to the northern side of the river. The relative quiet in Dublin's Grand Canal dock has been shattered. A gunboat has fired a salvo of shots, both of which smashed into the upper floors of Boland's Mills. The entire city echoes to incessant gunshot. 2010, volunteers are retreating from positions along the Tolka River to the north of the city. Word has been received of two large enemy forces converging from Duncondra and Malahide. The retreating volunteers intend bolstering their headquarters strength in Sackville Street. 2140, Dublin City remains in a state of shock. Volunteer morale appears very high. 
As the day draws to a close, the streets still resound to rifle, pistol and machine gun. The Imperial Hotel on Sackville Street, facing the GPO, has just been occupied by attachment of rebels. That in also included clearly shock, by the way. As well as the Metropole Hotel, uh, beside the GPO. The entire southern section of Sackville Street is in the hands of the insurgents and they are burrowing their way through the interconnecting walls throughout the street to get on into roof sniper positions. Any attempt to dislodge them from the various positions in the city has been costly to the military. Martial law is now declared in Dublin as they await reinforcements uh, of soldiers. Ominously to the south of the city, the English Daily Mail is on sale, ominous at least for Republicans, as it can mean only one thing. Kingstown Port or Dunleary is still open to ships. 22.15, intense firing has broken out in Stevens Green. Scores of bullets are crisscrossing through the still night air, as it is now, 8.15. It is unclear if an assault is being planned by the insurgents. The Royal College of Surgeons is firing volley after volley at the Shelburne and United Services Club. Both positions are replying in kind with machine gun and rapid rifle fire. 